Simply His Coffee Shop, everybody. Yeah. We're so glad that you can join us again today. We get this question quite a bit around here on if God is such a loving God, why does he send people to hell? Here to help us understand this is Allie Anderson. So Allie, explain what's going on with this question and why do so many people ask it? Well, it's a tough question. It is a tough question. Oftentimes, you know, you hear people from the secular realm and and within the church even, they'll pose the question, if God is such a loving God, Mm -hmm. why does he send people to hell? Well, then the Christian response is, well, God doesn't send you to hell. You choose to go to hell. And then the response to that is, I never chose to go to hell. You know, it it comes to this kind of impasse where the witnessing is over with. People's minds are closed. They don't see God as a loving being. And it's where a lot of those conversations stop. And so by understanding kind of why sin is a barrier between man and God and how it comes to be that man would be separated from God to the point that he would end up in hell, you know, understanding the technicality behind some of the ways that these things work can kind of help a person get through that conversation and help a person understand that God actually is a loving being who makes the decision for somebody to go to hell and how how that's actually made in the first place. So in order to really understand, there are a handful of different components that need to be looked at clearly. Okay. One is the, the concept of accountability. Absolutely. And without the understanding of accountability and what it is, Mm -hmm. it's a lot harder to understand sin and the need for redemption. Okay. So for example, I was really frustrated with this situation. There is this person that nobody ever holds accountable. And I was just like kind of griping in my head to God about it. Honestly, I have these, what I call tantrum prayers. They're not very spiritual. (laughs) It's more like, God, I don't know. Did you see? I I do it. I'm sorry. It's just how I am. You know, I was kind of having one of these and I was just really frustrated. Nobody ever holds this person accountable. They Mm -hmm. get by with things repeatedly. And I felt like God kind of hit me with, and that's why this person doesn't understand redemption. Mm. Oh, wow. Because you have to come to a point where you've been held accountable for your actions. Mm-hmm. And you see the damage that they've done either to other people or to you. Because once you see that, all of a sudden, that's where you make the decision whether to harden your heart yeah. or to feel remorse. And this is why, like in the New Testament, we see the tax collector. He saw what he had done Mm -hmm. and he said, I will pay back four times. That's true repentance. Yeah. And with that is, is the ability to really accept redemption. If I don't think I've done anything wrong, I can say I accept redemption. But the bottom line is I'm not really accepting redemption because I'm not acknowledging my need. Oh, well, that sin's worse than this or my sin's not as bad. And that's part of this issue too. (laughs) Yeah, understanding the essence of sin is also part of this issue and understanding that sin actually initiates in the heart and mind long before it becomes an action. What that means is all sins become equal because they all are an act of disobedience to God. Right. But jumping back to the original question, accountability goes directly hand in hand with a person's recognition that their actions need to change. And of course, that's mm-hmm. where we get repentance. That's where we get remorse. And that yep. primes the heart for accepting redemption. I want to talk a little bit about this earthly concept that we have of bankruptcy because okay. it actually does tie into this. If a person has borrowed more money than they can ever repay mm-hmm. or a person is just living their life and something happens and all of a sudden they're in more debt than they can ever repay. Right. Even we as flawed humans in our own finite mind have this capability to kind of look at the situation and say, this debt equals more than every last penny you can ever pay in your entire life. Right. So what is the point of making you live under the oppression of this horrible mound of debt when the realistic capability to pay this off doesn't exist? Right. 
So we provide a situation within the court system, the financial court banking system, for a person who, in certain circumstances, right. can apply for basically forgiveness of that debt so that they can continue to live with a kind of financial freedom that they will otherwise never achieve. Mm -hmm. Right. So you probably see where I'm going with yes. this. Yes. So if we look at salvation and we understand it as a transaction, we start to see that spiritually Jesus has done the same thing. Right. So if we think about ourselves created in the image of God, created at a level which technically would have been in the eyes of God perfect because we were not yet sinful creatures, mm -hmm. but we were still created lower than the angels. We had a status that was within this earthly realm. So if we consider ourselves at this level, lower than God, lower than the angels, and God wanted 100% of everything that we could ever be. Right. That was exactly what we owed to him. Literally 100%, not 99, not 99.5. At the moment that we were in our perfect state, we were at a level point of payoff with God. Right. But the minute sin entered the scene, everything we could ever give became less than 100% because there was a flaw. So even at our very most perfect, which none of us are capable of being perfect, but if we never sinned and we never did anything wrong, we would still hit some percentage less than 100%. And that creates a deficit. So at a level of giving everything that we ever could to God with our sinful nature being somewhere less than 100%, then we also see in scripture Habakkuk 1.13, which says God cannot coexist with sin. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that word actually if you look at the original word, means that God cannot look upon, regard, consider, or respect sin. So we are now immediately at a deficit. And everything we ever give will never be enough to restore us to that place with God. Yeah, we can't buy our way out of it. Exactly. So everything we can ever give is at less than 100%. Yeah. So who is high enough to pay God back a debt that is high enough for God? Never us only a being that's equivalent to God. Right. Yet no being is equivalent to God. So we oh, run into right, this situation right. where God chose to mend this with us mm -hmm. by coming into a human body and paying himself back. That's how it had to happen. So Jesus came into a human body. He lived a sinless life because somebody had to be 100%, right? Right. Yeah. We aren't. Yep. So he lived a sinless life. And then he became the sacrifice to pay that extra amount. And then he went and presented that payment to God on our behalf. Yeah. The payment had to happen in the realm where the infraction occurred. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can't die and go in later and say, we're sorry. Right. It has to happen in this realm because this is the realm where we blew it. So this is where the sacrifice was made. Jesus takes it into the spirit realm, offers it to God on our behalf. But because the payment occurred here, we have to choose it here. I compare it to it's Black Friday. It's, you know, three in the morning and it's outside these big yep. stores and people are lined up because, you know, whatever latest MP3 player or DVD player is going to yep. be on sale for half Tickle off. And only Elmo. the first 50 are going to get it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you think about a setting like that, you're one of the buyers lined up outside the door. And there's someone walking around handing out half-off coupons. And they say, I'm only here until the door's open. If you right. want this coupon, you've got to take it now. And you'd, oh, I don't need it, whatever. I, I'm not going to buy that item, so I don't need your coupon. If you get inside and you change your mind, it's too late to get that coupon. And that's yeah. kind of how this works. We have to accept 
this gift while we're in the physical realm so that when we get into the spiritual realm, we have it there presented on our behalf to God. It's a bit snarky. And, you know, there are a lot of Christians that almost have a kind of a nanny, nanny, boo, boo <laughs> type attitude yeah. about it. You know, mm-hmm. you sent, they you sent do. yourself to hell. What a thing to say. What a thing yeah. to say. What a thing to say to somebody who not only maybe hasn't accepted Christ, but who may have had a relative die yeah. who hadn't accepted Christ. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me that person chose to take themselves to hell. Nobody chooses mm-hmm. except by not understanding when and where we need to accept this transaction, That's when we need it. to take this yeah. coupon, how it was presented and when it was offered to us. Mm-hmm. By not understanding that, we make a decision that innately separates us from God forever because we did not enter into his grace yeah. while we were in this temporal, physical realm where we could accept it. Yeah. And I think as Christians, we sometimes forget that and we might not have the compassion that we need, well, it's their fault. And again, like I was saying earlier, my sin isn't as bad as theirs. Well, who are we to put a number or how bad a sin is? God said sin is sin. So if you don't accept his gift of eternal life, that's on you. But we as Christians have to be able to witness to people and talk to them and say, hey, he is a loving God and here's why. We need to do a better job at proclaiming his love and showing it. That's the bigger one is showing it. If our actions don't speak louder than our words, people won't hear it. And we've talked about that before on the show too. Well, and there's there's a lot of inter-fighting that happens in the body so that the world looks at us and they're like, they don't even know what sin is. They talk about sin, but look at them fighting. If you actually study the high priestly prayer of John 17, what you have going on is Jesus saying the world will know mm-hmm. that this testimony is true by the uniting of the body. That's essentially one giant chunk of the high priestly prayer. Right. So all it would take for the entire world to understand that the gospel is true is the uniting of the body. And yet you have interdenominational squabbles. And you also have a lot of people, Ali, like you said, it's so easy to say, well, you chose it. Or, or mm-hmm. for me to even look at another person, that person might be saved for all I know, but I'm driving past him and I see a cigarette and a tattoo and all of a sudden everything Yep. goes out the window and I think they're a sinner. It's this like self-righteous yes. spirit, the religious, Pharisaic, <laughs> Pharisaic <laughs> religious spirit. Mm-hmm. Listen to me at home, mm-hmm. unbelievers and angry people alike. The spirit of religiosity mm-hmm. that is ripe within church yeah. is absolutely not what determines sin from what is not sin. A lot of people do know that the word sin means missing the mark. They imagine, you know, like this guy who's, you know, got a bow and arrow and he's pointing at a target and, oh, crud, he missed it. Yeah. Whoops. Actually, let me repaint the image for you. He's standing there, he's pointing at the target and he deliberately goes, I don't want to hit that. And he goes, brink, instead. Mm-hmm. That is missing the mark. It's a deliberate act. So we, we get this idea that just because we see somebody doing something that we don't approve of, that must be sin. We have a very legalistic approach to what sin even is. So while the church is, you know, judging and fighting amidst itself, there's also mm-hmm. an entire lost world out there that is asking the question, like, what about that one person who's never heard the gospel? They're out in this, you know, majority world country mm-hmm. or out in the middle of nowhere or a tribe or whatever. And are they going to be held accountable? So whereas the lengthier, more deep answer to that is another episode. One thing that I will say is that it's true that in Jeremiah, now this is pre-Christ, that God's word would be written on the heart. 
Yeah. Right? And then later on you have the New Testament and the epistles. Even the Gentiles were accountable, not necessarily to the law, but to the gospel that was written on their hearts. Meaning that at some point there is a moment where God does draw Mm -hmm. every single person and it is up to them but that's essentially where you're coming from right i mean yeah, and he's going to judge each person based on their knowledge as well yeah so if a person right. he doesn't know anything they're not going to get judged on the same criteria well, as a person who spent their entire life studying. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the epistle of James says that the teachers and the preachers will be held to a higher level of yes. spiritual post-life accountability and eternity mm -hmm. based on the things they did and said mm -hmm. during this life. So why wouldn't the same thing be true for a person in their own ignorance, no matter where they're coming from? Absolutely. And as it pertains to judging someone else's spirituality or their level of knowledge, you know, when Jesus said, whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Yikes. Now, the word raka is a term of reproach. It means a senseless, empty-headed man or to call someone worthless. So to say, oh. you're dumb, your contribution isn't helping, whatever. You're in danger of the council. But if you say thou fool, which is moros, which is a single word transliterated as foolish, impious, or godless, which means judging a person's value or spiritual status. Oh, when boy. you're judging someone else's, you know, you heathen, you hedonist, you, oh, boy. Wow. that's what puts you in danger of hellfire. So it's, it's what's going on in the heart. Where is your love for someone else? If yeah. you love someone else, you're not going to sit there and go, well, you godless fool, you're going yeah. to be caring about what's motivating them and trying to help them. Right. Even if you see what they're doing is that's wrong, right. you're going to want right. to help them, not just, you know, something a right. few more times. Right. It's trendy right now to to wear all the stuff that says be kind or, you know, mm -hmm. treat people nicely. It's like, why do we need a T-shirt to remind us right. yeah. to be nice to each Ooh. other? No, yeah. right. Seriously. Right. So why are you judging me? Why do I have to wear a shirt that says be kind to me? I got to tell you something. This is felt, a side note. I kind of felt that way in the 90s about the WWJD bracelets. I was like, you have to wear a bracelet to remind, remind you to ask that question. Right, right. When we used to work at that camp, we would serve all this food to all these people. One day I burned I burned the tar out of my wrist oh, yeah, right here. That. And it looked like a scar like I had tried to cut myself. Oh. People treated me so differently. Oh my goodness. It was funny. I mean, really, you know, there were just different times when I would get these really caring, concerned looks or people, it was just interesting to watch how differently people treated me. But, you know, jumping back to what's going on in the heart, the church fighting with each other and things like that. If you look at the original sin, it was actually pride. Mm -hmm. It was actually exalting yeah. our own knowledge and our yeah. own logic above the knowledge and the logic of God. Sin begins in the heart long before it ever manifests as an action. And that's why in Matthew, Jesus says, if you lust after a woman, you're already guilty of adultery. Yeah. Just by our thoughts, we can be made guilty or made innocent, depending on what's going on in our head. And it's just as bad to do the right thing for the wrong reasons as it is to do the wrong thing for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, you have to make sure that you're doing the right thing for the right reasons. And the motivator of the heart is really what God's looking on. People like to take the, the sinner's prayer and put this formulaic approach to it. Make sure you say this and you have to say this. It's very simple. You acknowledge your need for forgiveness. It's a moment yep. of accountability and remorse and repentance. And then you just ask God to help you moving forward. Put him in charge of your life and ask him to help you do the right things from here on out. You're not going to always do the right things. You're right. going to mess up. You're going to throw tantrum prayers like that. You're going to I mean, because we're human and we mess everything up. But God is not here to thump us. God anyone is not willing that perish. anyone should perish. Yes. God isn't standing there going, ha ha, you're out. That's not God. <laughs> right. You know, God is looking to make a relationship with each of us. And if we will let him, he will come in and change our lives 
and be on our daily walk with us. Yes. On that note, we do need to take a really short break. We'll be right back. Start your brisk autumn morning off right with our cup of theology coffee, our hot tea, and a great read. In this exclusive fall package, you will receive the groundbreaking book Radicals by Reverend Donna Howell that outlines how the body of Christ is headed towards a great spiritual awakening. The Simply His Cup of Theology Premium Ground Coffee, Lemongrass Ginger Loose Leaf Tea, and Donna's classy yet fun Simply His Orange Mug. Our fair trade certified organic cup of theology medium roast coffee has hints of brown sugar and orange zest making it a decadent and refreshing cup of coffee in our ceramic, sleek black exterior, Simply His orange coffee mug with a 16 ounce capacity to get your day started off on the right note. You'll also receive our Simply His Thai lemongrass ginger loose leaf tea filled with a tangy and herbal blend of light ginger and sweet citrus fruit notes. Our loose leaf teas are carefully crafted, so only the best delicious tea blends make it into your cup. Don't forget, all of our coffees and teas are clean and organically grown. This is important as most coffees and teas are considered to be some of the dirtiest consumables when it comes to chemicals like glyphosate, herbicides, and pesticides. In the revolutionary book, Radicals, Why Tomorrow Belongs to Post-Denominational Christians Infused with Supernatural Power, best-selling author Reverend Donna Howell speaks of how we, as the followers of Christ, are radicals for God when we truly follow His voice. In this book, you will learn modern trials facing the body of Christ and the eerie similarities they hold to the trials of the early church and why we are commanded to count them as joy, why we must get serious about overcoming them individually and corporately, and the role that plays in the stunning Great Commission in the Rahabs of today. So start your morning off right with the Simply His Radicals Fall Package. This has a retail value of over $50, now yours for only $37. Get out your phone and scan the QR code on the screen or visit skywatchtvstore.com or call 1-844-750-4985. Start your morning off right with the Simply His Radicals Fall Package. Welcome back to the Simply His Coffee Shop, everyone. Today we're having our conversation on why does God send people to hell? And it's been a fascinating conversation thus far. One question that also gets asked is, once saved, always saved. Mm -hmm. If I give my heart to the Lord, am I now always saved, even if I semi-fall away or I do fully fall away? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Well, we see that theology come from Romans 8, 38 and 39. I'm going to read it. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a pretty exhaustive list, right? Nothing yeah. can separate us from God. And so people think, well, you know, once I've given my heart to God, then I'm his for life. And it doesn't matter what I do. I can't be separated because they read this list as basically saying that they can never be separated. But what we have to remember is sin begins in the heart and the mind. Yeah. And sin can separate us from God. So can anything else separate me from God? Can a demon swoop in and separate me from God? Can a right. tornado? No, none of that can. But if we read Hebrews 10, 26, if we sin willfully 
after that which we have received, the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the Mm -hmm. example of bankruptcy. Yeah. All of our debt has been forgiven. If we race out the next day and take out $10,000 worth of new loans, there's a moratorium on how often you can file bankruptcy. You can't go file another bankruptcy Mm -hmm. the next day. Now you have this new debt. And this is basically kind of giving the spiritual example of the same thing, where if you have taken Jesus's sacrifice and your sins have been covered, the idea is that we would move forward in God trying not to sin anymore, Mm -hmm. not taking for granted the gift that he's giving us and assuming that it just has a reset button every single day. His grace is new every morning, but the sacrifice he made for our sins does not just continually hit a reset button if we keep willfully sinning. So it means, are we aware of what sin is? Now we're on a journey. We've got to learn what is sin. We have to learn to try to separate ourselves from it. Um, You know, when we look at Leviticus 11.44, God is holy, and to be in his presence, we must be consecrated. He rescues us from sin, but he expects us to follow him out of that place and live somewhere where Mm -hmm. there isn't sin because sin does have the possibility. Sin's not on that list of things that can't separate us from God. It's exhaustive of everything but sin, and sin can separate us from God. What is the intention of your heart? If at the end of the day, you look back over your actions and you go, oh man, I totally committed the sin of pride today, or actually that was a sin now that I think about it. That's one thing. And God will immediately forgive us when we repent. But if we are hiding sin and it's a secret sin and we're continually just expecting God's grace to cover it, this is we by our own decisions, putting ourselves in a situation where we've actually built a barricade between us and God. And so the once saved, always saved theology, does it apply? If your sins are accidental and truly innocent and you're asking for forgiveness the minute that you do them, yes. If you're taking Jesus's blood for granted, you know this, you studied the threshold. Mm -hmm. And it full on says the threshold covenant, when the blood has been trampled across, Mm -hmm. the covenant is void. Yeah. And that's a whole different episode. But the bottom line is Jesus's (laughs) blood on the threshold of the door of our heart kind of in this situation becomes the sacrifice for sin. And if that's been just trampled across... It becomes void by the person who trampled it. So, Ali, just to round out everything that you were talking about, I mean, I know you guys probably don't know me. I'm a pretty new face around here. Mm -hmm. But growing up, I mentioned in an earlier episode that I I grew up in a non-Christian household. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm finding my way in this journey of being a Christian. But when I was younger, I, I did live a life of sin. I, I made some choices that, that weren't so great. Let's, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, they weren't the best, but it came around. I mean, speaking of, you know, Christians and, you know, the judgment that, that mm-hmm. sinners get sometimes instead of, you know, showing that love and the kindness yeah. that sometimes people just need. Yeah. When I was 19 years old, um, my then boyfriend, we, we were not married, we ended up getting pregnant and we have our little girl now. She's absolutely adorable. I love <laughs> her to death. But I got, a, I got judged a lot. Uh, you know, people from the church, especially around here, we live in the South. So um, it's, it's def- conservative values. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I was surprised. Like I, I felt like it, I would have gotten a little more kindness, a little more compassion, a little more understanding, but it was not. I mean, like every turn that I got, it was the stairs. It was, she's 19 and she's pregnant. And you know what I hear? She's not even married. And <laughs> I mean, I can laugh at it now but being it's older, but it was hurtful and it hurt my feelings a lot. I did not know the deeper trauma that that was going to give me. Yeah. It, it was hard. 
But I will say, you know, God works in <laughs> wondrous ways. And yes. he, he brought me into this family of Skywatch TV. <laughs> and let me tell you, that was a game changer. But people don't know, when I was probably 12, I actually went to church with Joe and Sharice yep. and her husband, Toby. They were my youth pastors. And God knew what he was doing then, too. He, he definitely sowed the seeds, so to speak, and put some thoughts in my head. And it's all rounded back out. And it's led me back here to being a Christian, to being on, on the show, to, to being part of the Skywatch family. Well, and I want to I want to respond to something you said. First of all, we're so glad you're here. Yay. Love you. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Seriously. Yes. Thank you. Um, but, you know, you're talking about being judged mm. as a teenage mom. Yeah. And this is from the same group of people who would have encouraged you to have the courage to have the baby. So yes. instead of oh. celebrating that you yes. chose life, right. yes. you know, you were kind of emotionally was, beat up about I it. I was emotionally and beat so up. <laughs> when you, when you get to this point where you're looking at somebody and you're thinking, young teenage mom, hold on, this is a woman choosing life. Could you celebrate that for a minute? I mean, you never know what a person's going through that's got them in the situation you're looking at. And it comes back to where Jesus said, don't judge another person's spiritual status, really. Read one percent of the New Testament and you know that the church exists so that the people who are hurting and have things going on in their lives should yes. be there. Well, I and yet, no, no, listen, okay, preach. and Go. yet, whether we admit it or not, whether we will ever admit it in our pride or not, every single church has those congregants right now that says, welcome to our church. You've got two weeks to jump through our hoops and get yes. your act together. Uh -huh. And then you're not welcome here because if you don't have your entire ducks in a row, all your stuff in a group, then in, in two to three weeks from now, I'm going to start giving you this face. And we've all had you it. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about yeah. the church is where the broken people should be. Absolutely. And when they give their heart to the Lord, they are a new creation Period. So you need to be willing to accept them in that new creative yeah. state. Yeah, definitely. And with instead of mess, instead of judging them and being mean to them, disciple them and coach them and help them, give them a loving sounding board. And even Jesus said he didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. Yes. You know, Jesus surrounded himself by the people that needed him the most. That's our job. Otherwise, it's an elite club of people who, who have their act together. But really, they're just hiding their junk better than anybody well, even, else. Even you the know? very premise of this episode, if God is so good, why does he send people to hell? If the church was as united as we should be, right. then the world wouldn't have to ask those questions. They would intrinsically, by osmosis, if nothing else, understand there's a deeper level yeah. to this question than just simply, I don't know, he's this foreign idea. Why is he? going to send me to hell? I don't even know the guy. And then you we retort with what you chose. Yeah, <laughs> well, you chose. And now we're back at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> oh, are you the body of Christ or not? Absolutely. Right? Yes. Well, you know, I asked that in Unscrambling the Millennial Paradox. One of the points of the last chapter, after talking about all the reasons that the millennials have left the church and all of the reasons yeah. that all the church is divided and all of that, you have so many people saying, we want our church to grow, but do you really? It's a question you need to ask Ooh, yourself. If you're yeah. saying we want our church to grow, then get ready for people that don't match what you think they need to look Ooh, like. Yes. Get ready for your pew to be taken so yeah. you have to sit somewhere else. Maybe you have to sit somewhere else every week. Get ready for varying opinions that yes. you're going to have to come together with scripture and lovingly say, I don't know, let's find out what the Bible actually says on this issue. If you're wanting your church to grow, you're asking God to challenge you and stretch Ooh, you. Yes. And bring in the people that you are not ready. Yes, I love that. And we are so completely out of time. <laughs> this is so bad that we're out of time already. Be the love. Show those people love because you don't know who you're going to be ministering to. 
show the love of Jesus. That's where the personal conviction comes in. You have to let the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit's job. It's not your job to judge them. That is God's job, and that is the Holy Spirit's job to lead and guide them. Thank you so much for joining us today in the Simply His Coffee Shop. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.